106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. It's just a mask, you guys. Don't be a jerk. It's for the greater good. <laughs> it's just a vaccine, you guys. Don't be a jerk. It's for the greater good. <laughs> In four months, the U.S. was transformed into an obedient socialist country. Government dictated what events are acceptable to attend. Violent protests that instill fear are okay. But church services, family funerals, and patriotic celebrations are dangerous. <laughs> and you bought it without a fight. <laughs> Standing in a graduation line is a safety hazard. Small businesses were forced to close, but crowds to support the corporate money machine at Walmart, Lowe's, and Home Depot are okay. <laughs> Come on! It's just a mask and safety precautions. <laughs> How about a little hush money? <laughs> Here's $2,400 that we stole out of your paycheck in the first place. Enjoy. Buy something with it from a big corporation. Cash is dirty. We can't give change. There's a coin shortage. Use your card. <laughs> In four months, they convince you to use a traceable card for everything. <laughs> In less than four months, government closed public schools, then restructured education under the guise of public safety. In less than four months, our government demonstrated how easily people assimilate to guidelines that have no scientific premise whatsoever when you are fearful. <laughs> In less than four months, our government successfully instilled fear in a majority of the population in America that allows them to control every aspect of your life, including what you eat, where you go, who you see, and your toilet paper. <laughs> and the most dangerous and terrifying part, people are not afraid of the government who removed their freedom. They're afraid of their neighbors, family, and friends. <laughs> and they hate those that won't comply. It's absolutely terrifying to me that so many people don't question authority. They are willing to surrender their critical thinking skills and independence. They just gave up without thinking, without a fight. Do you know what's coming next? It's just a vaccine. Come on, it's for the greater good. <laughs> Wait until you're told that you can't enter any store or business without proof of the COVID-19 vaccine. Wait until you can't go to public events or get on a plane without proof receiving the vaccine. Don't think it's possible? <laughs> well, you already allowed the government to say when you can go outside, where you're allowed to go and accepted a new unproven digital education for your kids in the last hundred days. You followed blindly because you were told to do so. You're kidding yourself. The mass behavior won't be repeated with a vaccine or whatever the next step is. <laughs> I don't follow politics. I don't care about that stuff. I don't think about it. Six million Jewish people were exterminated in Germany because 97% of the population cowered to populist control. Nobody wanted to think about it. It's easier just to ignore it. But that couldn't happen here in America, right? <laughs> they got you without a thought, without a fight. Just like France, just like Russia, just like China. Welcome, comrade. <laughs> 
Because that's what Americans do now. They're always willing to trade away a little of their freedom in exchange for the feeling, the illusion of security. What we have now is a completely neurotic population obsessed with security and safety and crime and drugs and cleanliness and hygiene and germs. There's another thing, germs. Where did this sudden fear of germs come from? in this country. Have you noticed this? The media constantly running stories about all the latest infections, salmonella, E. coli, hantavirus, bird flu, and, and Americans are, they panic easily, so now everybody's running around scrubbing this and spraying that and overcooking their food and repeatedly washing their hands, trying to avoid all contact with germs. It's ridiculous and it goes to ridiculous lengths in prisons. Before they give you a lethal injection, they swab your arm with alcohol. <laughs> It's true. It's true. It's true. Well, well, they don't want you to get an infection. And you can see their point. Wouldn't want some guy to go to hell and be sick. It would take a lot of the sportsmanship out of the whole execution. Fear of germs. Why these f Besides, what do you think you have an immune system for? It's for killing germs. But it needs practice. It needs germs to practice on. So, so listen. So listen. If you kill all the germs around you and live a completely sterile life, then when germs do come along, you're not going to be prepared. And never mind ordinary germs. What are you going to do when some super virus comes along that turns your vital organs into liquid shit? I'll tell you what you're going to do. You're going to get sick, you're going to die, and you're going to deserve it because you're weak and you got a fucking weak immune system. Now, all right, God damn it. Hey. All right. Let me tell you a true story about immunization, okay? When I was a little boy in New York City in the 1940s, we swam in the Hudson River and it was filled with raw sewage, okay? We swam in raw sewage, you know, to cool off. And at that time, the big fear was polio. Thousands of kids died from polio every year. But you know something? In my neighborhood, no one ever got polio. No one ever. You know why? Because we swam in raw sewage. It strengthened our immune systems. The polio never had a prayer. We were tempered in raw shit. So, and you know something, in spite of all that so-called risky behavior, I never get infections. I don't get them. I don't get colds, I don't get flu, I don't get headaches, I don't get upset stomachs. And I, you know why? Because I got a good, strong immune system and it gets a lot of practice. Good evening, this is Lou Benninger, and you're listening to No Hostages Radio. This is episode 68, and will be uh, available on July 18, Saturday. Thank you for listening. Whatever day you're listening, whatever time you're listening, I happen to be uh, in the middle of the night here, which is quieter and little cooler up in northern california it's been hot here if you're in if you know anything about northern california in the center of the valley it's gets really hot this time of year it's good for the uh 
farming, good for the rice, good for the peaches, good for all the stuff that grows. But for people, it gets a little gnarly when it gets 100 or above, and it's been lurking around there for the last few days. So welcome to uh, No Hostages Radio. If you're new to this, uh, I'm on once a week on Saturday, and we do six about 20-minute segments, six of them, and in between we run some clips that I think are important to hear. Uh, it gives me a chance to uh, <clears throat> get something to drink, just take a breather and kind of reload and gives you a chance to listen to someone that's smarter than I am. And there's a lot of cool people out there, so I try to include them in these broadcasts. So if you... You may have just uh, stumbled across this. Some friend may have told you something about it. You may have got it from your podcast source, wondered what is this, No Hostages Radio. Uh, or you may have gone to our website. So we advertise our website uh, at the end of articles I write for the Territorial Dispatch. And that website is nohostagesradio.com. And so you can you can go back as far as you want to the beginning to the first episode, and they're all there as well as a couple articles a week for the last uh, 68 weeks that I've recorded onto that uh, website. If you're interested in articles about a variety of topics, maybe the reason you're listening today is you want to listen to some uh, talk about culture and politics, what's shaking in uh, this part of the world. And if you're interested in that, you may be interested in some of the other articles that I've written, as well as the podcast. If you want to contact me, that's easy. It's Lou, L-O-U, at NoHostagesRadio.com. Lou at NoHostagesRadio.com. You can dial me up at 530-713-1838 or text on that number, 530-713-1838. I don't have uh, people, I don't have a staff working for me uh, in in communications, except for uh, my friend in Texas, Tanner, who does the uh, techie work to make this all uh, sound good once I talk. But uh, in terms of communications, I'm the guy. So if you get a send me an email, I'm going to answer it myself. If you send me a text or a call, I'm going to answer it myself. Uh, if you get a voicemail, don't let that throw you. I don't screen calls. I just take them as they come. And sometimes I'm just on one and going to get you next. Well, we're in a uh, – uh, in. I don't even know what word to use, unique, bizarre, strange, uh, once upon a time in history. Uh, we're in it now. And so, sadly, uh, many of the people that I know that I kind of thought were with it are not with it. And there's a lot of Americans that are disoriented. They can't find their way right now. Uh, they can't see straight. Part of that reason is they, they never were educated on what America really is all about. They don't know what our roots are. They don't know what the Constitution means. They don't know what the founding fathers' beliefs were, their their philosophies were, how they got to where they got to deliver us a republic. And so um, if you don't know your history, you're essentially lost. If you don't know where you came from, you don't know what you're doing now, and you don't know where you're headed, you're lost. That's uh, We send out a rescue team for you uh, when that happens physically. When it happens intellectually, you're really in trouble. So what you're seeing now throughout the United States is the Marxists 
Uh, and yes, they are Marxists. They're not BLM. Uh, they're not Antifa. They're Marxists behind this whole thing. They're, they're not interested in better lives for blacks, better lives for any minority group. Those are all, um, props to overthrow the country. So at some point, it's gonna, it's gonna break your nose. It may not right now where you live. You may, still be living kind of a tranquil life, except for when you turn on the news. I advise people. In fact, I talked to a, uh, a longtime friend, but out of the area now, and, and uh, she was having some anxiety. And I just said, you know, uh, turn off the television, read your Bible, meditate, pray, get out in the sun, deep breathing, uh, hang out with people that you really like, and Get the toxic people out of your life and uh, get off the meds and eat right. And so we we need it's a time where we need to dial it in. So if you have guns and it's time to tune them up, clean them up, get some ammo. It's a time to uh, make a plan, an escape plan, an emergency plan. If you as as all of us, uh, if you have a family, if you have husband and wife, or you have children, you always want to have a plan where if something happens and you're all scattered out doing your thing, somebody's at school, somebody's at ball practice, somebody, wife's at work, husband's at work, that if something goes down when you're all scattered, you have a plan to get back together and reunite. So that's a good thing, kind of having a go bag. Uh, but certainly you need a plan. You need a plan if you're in your house, what would happen if, 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 if. Uh, what door would we go out of? What window would we go out of? Can we escape? All that kind of stuff. I'm not trying to put scare uh, into anybody. It's just uh, people that don't have a plan get hurt. Uh, I had a guy uh, speak for me. He was the uh, guy that founded the SWAT team for Yuba City Police uh, many years ago. That's in Northern California. And I had him speaking to the tip trauma intervention volunteers and uh, about safety. And uh, he said there's three, three principles of safety. And he said principle number one is uh, awareness. Number two is awareness. And number three is awareness. Uh, the only thing I'd add to that is uh, prepare to be aware. And uh, when things go down, if you're unprepared, you are uh, panicky. You know, it doesn't matter whether you're going to give a speech or go take a test or what you're going to do, go meet an uh, important business client. The better prepared you are, the more at ease you are, more confident you are. So I just encourage you that uh, we hope that things will sort themselves out bit by bit, but uh, and you never know. People in the big cities are much more vulnerable because the big city mayors that are uh, liberals are not enforcing the law, and they're not protecting. They're not enforcing the Constitution. They're not protecting their uh, people, their citizens. And so they're endorsing the tearing down of evil America, as they call it. Uh, but the fact is that most Americans uh, don't believe that way, and they don't believe America's evil, uh, just like they aren't evil. They aren't perfect. Neither has America ever been perfect. But we have an amazing document called the Constitution to head towards perfection. When I go in to speak to law enforcement and fire, and the different agencies about trauma intervention, I always tell them we're not perfect, but we're headed that way. 
and uh, we're always we're always working towards a better level of excellence and uh, tuning ourselves up. So, um, so there are a lot of people uh, that uh, got hurt in the urban areas. Businesses got really damaged. First, they got damaged by COVID because of poor leadership in the United States, um, poor political leadership all, all the way down the line to the city councils and supervisors. Governors were horrible. Most governors were horrible. Uh, they. It's interesting. I was thinking that many of the people that are in politics really never had a business and have no idea what the cost is of missing a day or two of business, having to shut down, what that causes, particularly if you have perishable items. Um, it, it just, it's devastating. And uh, the ease at which the, the government bureaucracy could pick and choose winners, like the recent close down here in Yuba County and Sutter County, uh, we have the same health officer. I call her Dr. Ratchet because she acts like the uh, nurse and Ratchet in One Flew Over a Cuckoo's Nest. Um, the way they picked and chose uh, certain businesses that they thought COVID was lurking in. Like it doesn't lurk in a casino restaurant, but it does lurk in the Sopa Thai downtown Yuba City. And it does lurk and is very communicable at the Peachtree restaurant out in Linda. But if you go just a few miles over to the casino restaurants, they're good to go. You could you could cough, smoke, spit, sneeze. At those at those uh, one arm bandits over there, no problem. It's like you're not going to get COVID. But if you go to church and you want to sing and you want to sit together, um, that's a problem. What's what's happening now is what we always the founders always feared is that the government would take over the entire country. What they wanted was a government that would be in the background. I've heard this term the today a person said you know government was supposed to just kind of be in the background right it's kind of like using your computer and you're working on a project on the screen in the background a program is running that you're not even conscious of and that's the way they saw government is that they would protect our rights guarantee our rights and they would stay out of our business right mind your own business now they are not guaranteeing our rights and they're all up in our business big time and uh, so I was I was going in. I won't tell you uh, where I was going because I don't want to get them in trouble. But I was going into a gym and um, and they were open, even in spite of uh, Gavin Newsom and the local health officer saying, you not you have to close. So I went in because I heard they were open and they said, oh, because, uh, you know, when I go in normally, I don't I don't wear a mask because it's not good for your health. I've looked into it. Uh, and uh, I wouldn't wear a mask anytime. And uh, if I was sick, I'd stay home. So uh, I, I noticed the first couple of times I went in, they a few most people were wearing masks, but I thought, okay. But no one said I had to. Then the, yesterday I went in or the day before, and they said, oh, you have to wear a mask. I said, I can't. I can't breathe those things. And uh and it's a medical issue. They said, Lou, we, we, uh, if you don't wear one and they come in here, we're gonna, they're going to close our business down. So it went from a health issue 
to a government compliance issue. You see what I'm saying? That's what's going on here is it doesn't have anything to do with your health. They don't give a damn about your health. You, you got you got to really sort through this stuff. They don't give a damn about your health. In fact, I'll give you a couple examples locally here. Uh, my next door neighbor, uh, I was talking to them and uh, asked, get, trying to get them registered to vote and sign the recall with Governor Newsom. And uh, they said, oh, our son, who's a grown man, he's probably pushing 30. Uh, he, he wasn't feeling so hot. Instead of just going to a clinic or a doctor, they, a lot of these people just go to the ER, you know, the emergency room, clog it up. So he had a high – he had a temperature and uh, wasn't feeling so hot. And so they diagnosed him with COVID. And I thought, really? I wonder. I wonder. They said they ran a thing up his nose. So I said, well, what'd they do for him? They said, well, they put him on an IV. I thought, all right, they give him some liquids. Um, And then what? And they said, well, go home, stay in your room for like two weeks or something. I said, that is crazy. They didn't give him any medication, like no COVID solving medication. Not, no, we didn't get an, we didn't get an aspirin. Didn't get anything. Said, just go sit in your room, sit in your room. I was shocked. And now maybe they didn't understand the directives. So then I talked to a doctor friend of mine. He was telling me about a clinic in town, Peachtree Clinic. And he said that if they suspect COVID as you're being triaged, they will turn you away. Now, I I just can't get this. They will turn you away and tell you to go home and stay in your home. I thought, well, what about if the dude's sick? Why don't we give him the medications that ever, that all these docs around the country that are saying is 100 proof? You know, you give him this, you give him that, you give him zinc, give him a Z-pack. Give, there's three or four things. The top price is 50 bucks, And then knocks it out and you feel better immediately. 24 hours, you're back, you got your game face on. Yet here locally, we're just, would you just send people out? You know, I heard a doctor say, I don't understand something, he says. Some of these people, medical people, are just letting the, the COVID, if people don't get better right away and it gets really bad, then they start treating them. He said, why wouldn't you treat them right at first and resolve it rather than let the guy get really sick? So I've seen a couple of guys down in Texas that are reputable people that are having a hundred percent success rate and nobody's going to the hospital. They just treat it right. Just like they would any old type of bug that comes through the community flu and, you know, colds, flu, whatever, whatever. They just treat it in the office and get it right under control and make people feel good and go on with their life instead of having all this damn drama and all these statistics and all this craziness. I think they're creating a problem. I think the government created the problem. People, when I say this, they, uh, talking to my sister today, she, she said, well, what, you don't think there's any virus? And I said, for goodness sakes, there's always a virus. There's always a cold. There's always something going around the community. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying people in our world took advantage of this phenomenon to shut down the world and cause a takeover and a, and a destruction of the presidency. And you can look at the, from the beginning of when Trump came down the escalator to all the hoaxes, the FBI, there isn't a solid good as gold institution left in America. 
Are all people corrupt in the institution? Absolutely not. But every institution that we used to like feel like, oh, they're honest, they're solid, right? It's like, I mean, I like the IRS, but it's like they're, they're by the book, people, right? The FBI, hey, they're like the best we got. Oh, the CIA, oh, yeah. Oh, the Department of Justice, right? They'll help us, right? Not. These people are corrupt. They're rotten. If you think the criminals sitting over in your local jail got issues, oh, baby, these people tried to overthrow the United States government. They need to go out. They need to take them out and shoot them. And they're debating whether they can even arrest them. And so uh, this coronavirus has just been created into a fiasco. And now you have all these people all the way down the line, all the way down to these uh, minimum wage people, like even at the gym, enforcing these incredible rules. You have to wear a mask. I said, what? You have to wear a mask and you're trying to work out and you're breathing heavy through the mask. You're going to have somebody have a heart attack here, dude. Lou, you know, I'm just trying, you know, I'm just, we're just trying to keep the place open. So see how things get enforced. Then I, today I, I learned I'm a member at Sam's Club. We don't have a Costco here, so it's Sam's Club. So I'm a member, and I got a, a note. I don't know it was on electronically or something. said, you cannot come in here anymore without a mask. I wrote back said, screw you. That's the last Sam's Club money I'm ever going to spend. I don't need your Sam's Club. Where, you're going to tell me how I have to dress to come into your business besides being modest? I got to have a mask. There's some people you need to pay attention. Oh, well, I don't think it means everything you think, Lou. The next thing is going to be a vaccine. If you don't have a vaccine, you can't go work. You can't go. You can't go to here. You can't go mix it up with people. All this stuff of social distancing, all this stuff of groups. Oh, the, the Dr. Ratchet just said, you just, if you really love those that your relatives and stuff, you'll respect the distance and you'll wear a mask. And I thought, go screw yourself. You're crazy. I'm going to mix it up with whoever I mix it up with. If I'm sick, obviously I'm not going to inflict that on anybody else, but I'm going to go to group gatherings, whatever. And if somebody has something and I get it, Hey, it's like my time to have that. It's no big deal. I am not going to lose my freedom and live like a little pissant, afraid of everything, I'm not going to do that. And I'm not going to succumb to government manipulation, which is what's going on right now. And many people, including many of our leaders, our local leaders, are just about as clueless as a stump. They just can't get it. And they just want to look for money. They want, they, their desire is to be a whore for Newsom. Governor Newsom. So when I get back, I'm going to tell you uh, before we go on to the next topic, all of these topics are going to kind of relate the same thing today, but I'm going to talk about the Governor Newsom recall. And uh, so we'll be right back. Got a couple clips for you. Be right back.
now is Dinesh D'Souza, conservative commentator and author of United States of Socialism. He also has a new film coming out called Trump Card. Also with me is Cynthia Garrett, who's the founder of Cynthia Garrett Ministries and author of I Choose Victory. Dinesh, we were told for years that the culture wars were a, just a waste of time. Uh, and a lot of economic conservatives, fiscal conservatives, said just focused on the, the free market and capitalism. But at this moment in time, we see why they were so important, just focusing for a moment on education and what's happening to our education system. Explain. The, um, a lot of the uh, thuggery, the gangsterism, the knocking down of monuments, the uh, unlawful occupations that we see around us, all of this is reflecting the radicalization uh, of academia over the past couple of decades. Uh, one could almost say that academia is the theory and Antifa is the practice. And uh, initially, they were the attacks were on the Confederate monuments and people kind of looked the other way. But it's really interesting to see how quickly they've metastasized into attacks on Washington, attacks on Jefferson, and I think most tellingly, attacks on Abraham Lincoln. Because right away we have a puzzle. Here is America's greatest president, the guy who freed the slaves. Uh, and why pull down his monument? Why go after him? I think the answer is that the left secretly hates Lincoln because Lincoln was actually very effective in unmasking the Democratic Party. Lincoln said very significantly about slavery, it, it's you work and I eat. So for Lincoln, slavery was a kind of uh, economic confiscation, uh, and Lincoln saw that as the core principle of the Democratic Party. Well, fast forward 150 years, and what's the core principle of the left and of the Democrats today? Economic confiscation. You work, I eat. So I think the hatred of Lincoln is that Lincoln had the number of the left. He had the number of the Democrats, and he represented in some ways not only the Republican mm -hmm. spirit, but the American spirit. There are so many wonderful stories about the American experience. We're not perfect. Nobody is. No country is. But, Dinesh, you've written about it. Cynthia's written extensively about this. And yet it's all spray paint land, burn, smash someone in the head, a bad cop story. And that's what is seething inside of young people instead of this is what I can do if I work hard, stay out of trouble, uh, you know, actually just some common sense, which we all I mean, I could use sometimes as common sense. But I want to read something from the Fairfax County Public Schools in Virginia, very important school district right outside of D.C. Um, headline, we need to have a radical transformation. OK, uh, their plans for fall take equity anti-racist curriculum. OK. We need to have a radical transformation, a paradigm shift, as they said many, many times yesterday, toward anti-racist philosophy as opposed to all of us constantly saying we're not racist. And that's the uh, chairperson, Sajutha Hampton. Uh, Dinesh, this is the kind of education, you know, mumbo, mumbo jumbo that satis satisfies people symbolically. But does it create a single educational opportunity or business opportunity for young underprivileged kids? They're not even serious about what they say. Uh, one figure who could teach them a lot about racism is, in fact, the greatest um, black American of our history, and that would be Frederick Douglass. But Frederick Douglass's name never comes up. Why? Because he was a champion of what he called the self-made man. His idea was that the best thing you could do for blacks is to leave them alone and watch them build up their own industries, their own families, and so on. Interestingly, in Chicago, there's a tall statue to a man named Stephen Douglass. 
Douglas, Abraham Lincoln's rival. Uh, Douglas was a champion of slavery. In fact, he made slavery the centerpiece of the ideology of the Democratic Party. His statue untouched. But Lincoln is under attack. That's because the Democrats ultimately prefer Douglas's ideology of enslavement to Lincoln's yeah. ideology of liberation. So unless y'all been living under a rock, uh, there's been a new favorite word in 2020. It's called privilege. Let me explain to y'all what privilege really is. You ain't get the definition from anywhere else. You're going to get it right here. Privilege is wearing $200 sneakers when you ain't never had a job. Having $300 beat headphones, living on public assistance. Privilege is having a smartphone that you receive no bill for. Living in public subsidized housing where you have no water bill when the rise in property costs and rents and energy have absolutely no effect on the amount of food you can put on a table. Privilege is the ability to go march and protest against anything that triggers you and not have to worry about calling out of work or what kind of repercussions that might have on you. Privilege is having as many children as you want, regardless of your employment status. Privilege is sending your kids to school for the before school programs and the breakfast you get and keeping them there for the after school programs at no cost to you paid for the people who do have to deal with rising taxes and costs. I've had the privilege of working hard and living a life of obeying the law. I made my own privilege. You know what it's called? It's called hard work. I've got a nice house, a bunch of land, a bunch of toys out there on that land. Ran around with some of the biggest celebrities in country music and did it starting from the back of a dadgum tailgate. Accumulating over 130 million views now, 750,000 social media followers that took me over 10 years of grinding like there's no tomorrow with the hope that there was a light at the end of that beautiful capitalist tunnel. If you work every day and live within your means, your privilege is going to be your family, what you've earned, that nest egg enjoying the one day retirement that you'll have. But I guess what they want to say now is you're privileged if you stayed in school and got a job and worked hard and contributed to society and stayed out of trouble and you weren't a burden to anybody else. That, that means you're privileged now. It's something else, America. The good news is this will all backfire. Mark my words. There it is. That's the real definition of being privileged and you ain't gonna hear it on CNN. All right, well, before I go on to the Governor Newsom recall, I wanted to emphasize this to all the business people. It is a violation of your constitutional rights. I don't care what the governor says. I don't care what Dr. Ratchet says. I don't care what your supervisor says. I don't care if law enforcement comes in and says it. It is a violation of your constitutional rights to shut your business down without taking you to court and giving you due process and then compensating you for the loss 
it's kind of like eminent domain. If they want your building in your business and they win in court, then they can pay you off and you can move. It's like taking your property. Your property is like your car and your tools, but it's also your business and your goodwill and your maybe your you know the trade that you have going in in and out of that business every day. And when they interrupt that business, business interruption, force you, force you, demand that you shut down. That is a violation of your constitutional rights. The Constitution protects your ability to do business and support your family. And when they interrupt that without due process, if they came in and said, now, we want to give you a letter and we want to go to court and we're going to we're going to need to shut down this roadway and shut down your business. And we need to talk about that and then go through due process and compensate you. That's one thing. But to just say this, oh, well, it's just a dire emergency. First of all, it's not a dire emergency. It's not a big emergency. They just said it was right. It's like having a drama queen in your family. And just something normal is going down and everything is a huge, they make a mountain out of a molehill, as they say. They're a drama queen. Everything or a drama king. Everything's drama, drama, drama. It's not healthy. It will actually eventually kill you earlier than expected. And so the government is trying to get away with this. And the way they do it is because we've become so sheep-like and so used to the government just telling us everything we can do. Well, no, you can't have the sign that high. No, it's got to be smaller than that. We can't have orange. We've got to have another color. Got to have a different color. It didn't pass the planning commission. Well, no, you can't You can't stay open past this time. Well, you can't open earlier than this. Well, you can't have that light shining like that. We'd hint, we can't have uh, that kind of uh, decor on the outside of your building. Well, you can't do this and you can't do that and just on and on and on. Just on and on and on. Well, you have to shut down your salon. Well, you have to shut down your cosmetology business. Well, you have to shut down your barbershop. Well, you have to shut down your restaurant and stuff. And and then when you have licenses like with the uh, alcohol, beverage, alcohol beverage control. Now, I'm just talking to a friend, and I hadn't thought of this because I haven't been in the liquor business. I haven't been in a bar business. And, and we were talking how uh, I said, yeah, they're kind of screwed because – they could tell the distributors not to sell to lose the restaurant because he's lost his liquor license. He's on probation because he wouldn't close down. But my friend said, hey, you can just go to buy the stuff at the store. Duh, me. I wasn't thinking very deep. She said, you can just go buy liquor at the store and resell it at your bar or your, your restaurant. If you had a Mexican restaurant, you'd sell beer with it or whatever. I thought, well, there you have it. See, at some point... Real people that have a real brain and take care of real children and a real spouse need to stand up and say, you know something? I just read the Constitution, and you can't do that. In fact, I hired an attorney, and in fact, I'm I'm going to stay open, and if they don't deliver me liquor, I'm going to go buy it at a store, and I'm going to resell it over here. And if you want to take my license, you can take my license. If you want to come in here with guns and shoot me, you can shoot me. Now, the, the local, uh, the local uh, sheriffs who, is the highest consti- who are the highest constitutional office we have, in fact, 
They have more power locally than the governor of the state of California does. I'm talking about Northern California, Yuba Sutter counties here. Same with you. Your your uh, constitution will probably place that sheriff about as high as any anything. In fact, when the Bundy face-off happened with the federal government over in Clark County, Las Vegas, uh, Nevada, outside of Las Vegas, the sheriff, if he would have sided with the Bundys, could have forced the federal government to stand down and back off and get out of there and quit harassing the Bundys. He, he went wussy on us. And so the Bundys ended up all going to jail. They won that day, but they the government came and arrested them all. They killed a bunch of their cattle, the government did. Then they put them in jail for, I think, Ammon or Amon, however you want to say it, A-M-M-O-N. I always saw it as Amon, but I heard a gal on Facebook call him Ammon today or Ammon. Ammon spent two years in federal prison. They dropped all the charges, and it was prosecution abuse all the charges were trumped up and screwed up up on all these guys cliven his dad and the sons and some of those that that worked with him now we need to stand up for our rights now i heard that there's people going door to door on these businesses trying to convince them to stay open now i begged uh my friend dave bryan and i were having lunch last friday uh at sopatai and she said at Sunday night, she had to close down. And she she said, we, I just don't have the confidence to do that, what you're saying, because I'm afraid. And we, she said, I don't think I'm going to be able to survive this uh, this time. I can't do it. I can't keep going through this on, off, on, off, on, off. I just can't do it. You can think of you're serving food. You have perishable items in there. You have meats. You have You have vegetables that you just have to throw out. It's unbelievable. You have milks. You have all kinds of things that you use in your cooking that, that's going to spoil. And um, I'm telling you that you need to stand on the Constitution. And there are people that are doing that. And I'm telling you that if they come in and find you, you're going to end up breaking their nose because people will come to your aid and help you fight them. Now, the lady up in uh, Lindsey Graham, not Lindsey Graham, the senator, but Lindsey Graham, female, she and her husband own four salons up in Salem, Oregon area, and also a gym. And they came after her with the whole alphabet soup of government entities, OSHA, Labor Relations, Cosmetology Board. They, She even had a kid or two, and they went to her house, and CPS interviewed her children, of all things. Isn't that amazing? There was no complaint on her. So she happens to be a—I looked at her. She's all tatted up, and I looked at her arm. I got a close-up one day. I was watching her do a news conference, and she had a scripture passage. She just had the—she uh, didn't have the whole write-up, but just the chapter and verse. I thought, oh, I'm going to look that up. And I thought, this guy, this gal may be a Christian woman. And she stood up to them, and they think they fined her up towards $17,000. That get your attention there, business person? Well, she went out and hired her help. Some people started donating to her uh, to help her pay these these expenses. And she hired an attorney, and they launched a federal lawsuit against the state of Oregon, the governor, 
and the uh, the area of Salem. Now, listen, uh, you got to stand up and you got to just you got to know what you're talking about. Now, maybe you need to go talk to a good attorney. Some of the attorneys in our local area don't don't know their beans. But uh, you can get a hold of Chris Ann Hall. Uh, I don't have uh, maybe I can look it up. It's it's like info at Chris dot com. Chris K-R-I-S Hall H-A-L-L. Chris and K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E Hall H-A-L-L dot com. Info at Chris Ann Hall. That's her email. You can email her and you, you might be able to have a consult over over the phone with her. Now, obviously people that have any knowledge at all of the constitution are getting all kinds of calls from all over the country, right? I just gave Lee Dundas's number down in orange County to some folks today or yesterday. So it's time to fight. Now there's times to fight when you make him big gains, if you'll stand up and there's times to stand up when you don't make any gains at all. You, you just miss the window of opportunity. So getting all lathered up here, Six months from now may may not do you any good. Right now, uh, we need to drive a bean up Gavin Newsom's nose. Uh, he uh, he's out of control. Whether or not you like his politics, if he was a if he was a Republican, I'd say the same exact words to you today. He is out of control. He is not following the uh, Constitution of California or the United States. He is uh, intimidating. He's very insecure. Um, judge Parker, uh, Superior Court Judge of Sutter County, uh, ruled at the request of Assemblyman Gallagher and Assemblyman Kiley that Gallagher just couldn't send out ballots to everybody on the voter list. There's like a half million people that they don't even know who they are. Or they're dead. He wants to send ballots to all of them. So they questioned whether he had the legal authority to do so. And Judge Parker, Perry Parker here in Sutter County, Yuba City is the county seat, ruled that he he stopped the action until it could be heard further in court. That that uh, irritated the governor. How dare someone question me? And so now he's trying to remove I don't know whether he's trying to remove Parker completely from the bench or any more involvement in this issue. Now, I'm no friend to Parker's. I think Parker is rude. I think he's brash. Uh, I think he needs to retire. Uh, he may be honest. He may be all the good things you want in a judge, but I've been in his courtroom a couple of times, and the guy's – you just want to sock the guy. The guy The guy comes across as an asshole. So uh, that's just the way it is. And uh, so you got to deal with it, right? He's unkind. I don't think you need to be, a, as a judge, I think you can be a judge, be honest, diplomatic, and kind. You can be kind to people. And uh, so I, I've told people around here before, we need, among law enforcement, um, I talked to one of the agencies one time when they were harassing me. I was trying to do a good, good, good deed, and they were harassing me. And I talked to the chief. I said, uh, assistant chief, I said, you know, we need some of that Mayberry spirit around here, dude. Uh, we're trying to do do a kind thing for everybody, and uh, your person's harassing me out here. So um, Governor Newsom uh, needs to be removed from office. Now, 
I was talking to some people on my block. I got some voter registration forms because you can't sign a petition to recall the governor unless you have a voter. Um, you need to register to vote. Now, someone told me the other day, a friend of mine told me to just go on the DMV site and you can just register, boom, really fast on DMV, probably DMV.gov or something like that. And then it'll probably say register to vote and you can register. That may be a faster way to do it. So I had some registrations. I tried to get my next door neighbors registered and they balked at it. They said, oh, the gal, gal took the lead and her husband kind of whimpered into the corner and she said oh it doesn't do no good i'm just done. i'm done with voting i don't vote i don't do anything i just you know i guess they came and take took all her property and ran her off she might think again but oh it doesn't told me how it doesn't do any good and i said well i need your i need we need to recall the governor and they just kind of stared at me i thought they probably don't even know the name of the governor that's problem in california that's problem in our society when you can't even name the leaders and and until they come and like remove stuff from your house and confiscate your money or jerk you around or force you to wear some funky thing or take, take a chip or, or put, put a vaccine in your body. They can track you. Maybe that'll get your attention. So anyway, uh, I was, I was wanting to, uh, sign them up. So, uh, you can go online and you can go to the secretary of state. You can probably sign up there, but the DMV, my friend said is the easiest thing to do. DMV.gov probably. So um, here's what you can do, and I'm telling you, I, I'm a, I, I, I think, uh, I don't know that this recall's going very well. That's my sense. And I think, what will it take to get people's attention? Do you have to have, do you have, to have a riot in your street down here in Northern California and rural California? Do you have to have, them, you want them to come to town and bust this place up? Because Gavin Newsom condoned the busting up of California cities, downtown Sacramento, for instance. And uh, w- what will it take uh, for you to, to motivate you to recall the governor? Uh, because if you sit on your rear end, I-, I can't do it for you. I can't do it for you. I'm doing a lot more than just my share. And uh, it's time that you do your share. And you need to figure out what you stand for, because like my neighbors next door, if you don't stand for something, you're going to fall for anything. And they are looking pretty bad over there. So you can go to recall Gavin, G-A-V-I-N, recall Gavin 2020. That's 2020.com. Recall Gavin 2020.com. Why should you go there? Well, if you don't, you can get forums. I can give you places. I'm going to give you places. You can go get forums and you can fill them out yourself. You could go up and down the street and get people to sign the recall. The recall doesn't recall the governor. The recall just gets it on the ballot and it asks the question, do you all want to recall the governor? And then you do yes or you do no. And if the yeses get it, then he's gone. Boom. Ali Ali auction free. He's out of there. And the people that have put their names on the ballot in hopes that there's a recall then the person there that gets the most votes in in the event the the governor's recalled, they move into the governorship. Now, I had a, a friend talking to me this week, and she said, oh, I'm a little confused. I thought that we were trying to get these, these uh, signatures so we can vote in November along with the president. We would also vote for the recall of Gavin Newsom, and that's incorrect. 
and just it kind of is a coincidence that the 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 sign you know uh, this is all uh, by constitution on how to remove a governor and it's very specific so the wording and the spelling and the 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 uh, punctuation all has to be exactly um, in a certain way the margins the spacing between the lines all has to be exactly a certain way for the secretary of state to approve it and then once it's approved then you can start getting signatures now that all happened so we could start getting signatures starting on june 10 then you have a certain amount of days i think it's like 160 or something days but the last day from june 10 is november 17 now that's after the presidential election so this this recall doesn't have anything to do with this coming current election so don't feel under pressure about that or that it's going to be or how's it going to be on the ballot i don't know what's going to happen it's not going to be on the ballot if this thing gets enough good signatures good being they're they're registered and they they can read their name and it seems like the right person that's registered same person if we get enough of those signatures, then they'll have a special election for just that issue, special election for the governor. So for recalling the governor. Now, what we what I'm trying to do at Glad Tidings at the church I attend is get people to take petitions that have five spots for signups on them and take five of those. So if every person took five petitions, they could get 25 total signatures. That multiplies your influence. Like if you thought, oh, well, my one vote doesn't make any difference. Well, now you got 25, right? If you want to get it on, you can get 100. If you want to get it on, you can get 1,000. You ever wanted to have really a lot of power? This is where you can crank up the power, dude. Like there's some people that do these pop-up tents, and they're meeting out at Sam's Club or they're meeting at any place where there's lots of traffic and they're they're getting a lot of signatures because people are upset with this the way California is and the way the government's going, particularly with the governor. And they'll sign. It doesn't commit you to sign yes or no to recall them. It's just getting it on the ballot. You still have time to think that vote over. So recall Gavin 2020. Now on that website, you're going to scroll down and it's going to show Facebook pages for every single county. So you find your Facebook page for your county. You go to that Facebook page, whatever, whatever they call it in the link. They have the links there. Just click on it, go there, like it, join whatever, and become a part of that Gavin recall community. So you can find out how you can help, what you can do, how close we are, how many signatures we have, how many signatures we need. Get involved and get this thing done. We can do this, but we can't do it not doing anything. Nothing gets done if people just think about it. So we're going to take our second break, and not <clears throat> we'll be right back.
My name is Joe Biden. I'm a Democratic candidate for the United States Senate. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Take your AR, your AR-14s. You're going to take care of the gun problem with me. You're going to be the one who leads this effort. If I'm elected and I'm coming for you and gun manufacturers, I'm going to take you on and I'm going to beat you. He says you cannot have 20, 30, 40, 50 clips in a weapon. A magazine with 100 clips in it, 100 bullets in it. And the number of clips in a gun banned. And hell, if you need 100 clips or 30 clips in a weapon, then you shouldn't be hunting, man. You're dangerous. said, Jill, if there's ever a problem, just walk out on the balcony here or walk out... Put that double-barrel shotgun and fire two blasts outside the house. You don't need an AR-15. If you agree with me, go to Joe 30330 and help me in this fight. Thank you very much. This weekend, I went shopping for a tank top for my son at a local retailer. I walked in the store like a normal human with shoes, shirt, and pants. While I headed to the men's apartment, an employee proclaiming my inconsiderate oversight accosted me. I didn't wear a mask, a mandate given by the governor of my state. I responded with, I have a condition, and continued walking. My son followed me and said, I have the same thing as him. Now, those of you that know me understand the fact that I am rarely uncomfortable. But while I walked around the store to give this retailer my business, I felt the eyes of the entire room on my son and me. We were depersonalized and ostracized, but we breathed freedom. During times like these, I am encouraged by founding father Patrick Henry. Should I keep back my opinions at such a time through fear of giving offense, I should consider myself as guilty of treason toward my country and of an act of disloyalty toward the majesty of heaven, which I revere above all earthly kings. It appears to me that this pandemic is being used by politicians, plain and simple. Dr. Ron Paul, the former U.S. presidential candidate and 22-year congressional veteran, was quoted recently saying, The truth is, after so many years in Washington, I thought I was immune to being shocked by what our government does. But the actions that our elected officials, the Fed, even the medical community have taken in the past few weeks have gone beyond anything I could have imagined. Let's consider this. With no constitutional authority, governors and agencies within the executive branch of state governments have stopped the economy of the country. They've ruined the livelihood of millions of people, with more to come, and they have misused the police power of the state to forcibly deny rights and privileges to human beings, which were granted to them by God Almighty. Shouldn't these politicians and supposed experts be right about their predictions and truthful about their counterfactual outcomes? Fauci has not been truthful. He lied about the scientific necessity for mask wearing, among other things, and then admitted it. Would you tolerate your doctor lying to you? There is a term for this, malpractice. And the governors across the country who have abused the trust of the people by following these flawed policies are no less culpable. Are these the type of individuals that we trust to lead? I seem to remember a story in history class that talked about a small group of 56 men who declared independence from their country because their leader was such a one, quote, whose character is thus marked by every act which may define a tyrant. He's unfit to be the ruler of a free people. Now I'm praying for America that will snap out of this COVID coma that has pushed miscalculated factors and flawed models, followed by predictions needing revision and re-revision and re-re-revision. 
These experts many are following, like Fauci, your governors, and your press, really, your press, have proved they are incompetent and disgraced, and no one should continue following their essential, non-essential decrees and their mandatory mask-wearing nonsense. Wear a mask if you want, but no one should be bullied, right? This is Jake McCauley. And Dominic McCauley. With the Institute on the Constitution, bring you The American View. Whiskey bottles and brand new cars Oak tree, you're in my way There's too much coke and too much smoke All right, well, one more thing about the um, the recall. If you... If you are unable to print off a petition, maybe you have a laptop or you have a phone and you can see what I'm talking about on that recall, Gavin 2020, but maybe you don't have a printer. You can go out to Monty Hecker's, uh, if you live in Yuba Sutter counties, you can go to Monty Hecker's Elite Universal Security at uh, 5548 Feather River Boulevard. Now, if you're not in Yuba Sutter County area, you could come down here if you wanted, if you're in one of the other counties, and you can just get a bunch of petitions from Monty. He's running them off. He has them out there, and it's a, it's a security business. They're there every single day with a dispatch center. Or you could dial him up at 530-749-0280. He's kind of a key guy up in this part of the country on helping with this uh, recall, 749-0280. Now, Again, if you can't, for some reason, you can't print the thing off or you don't have paper or you're tight on money, I, you know, I, I get all that. Don't don't let that be a hindrance. If like I had a guy, a friend of mine said, hey, Lou, I need some petitions, da, 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 da. Instead of jumping, having him go through the rigmarole, I just said, hey, come by. And and he had his sister come by. I gave him five, five petitions or a cup. I think I gave him 10 petitions, 50 people and uh, and some voter registrations. And they're taking them up into the foothills of Yuba County, and they're going to get it on with their friends. That's exactly what we need to do. Listen, we all need to do something. You may not have any money. You may not have much time, but you, you can say you can sign and get other friends to sign that recall petition and get them registered to vote. They can register to vote in the upcoming election. That's, that's an early, I think, November 4 or something like that. But they can re, they can also sign the recall once they register. All right. So, um, if you hook up at Elite Universal Security, if you need some petitions, you can also if you can mail the petitions in. You can just sign the bottom of them and mail them to the address on the bottom of the petition. Or if you think, oh, I don't know, they're really going to get there. I'm nervous. Da, da, da. You can take them to Elite Universal Security and leave them there. Now, if you're signing the petitions, what they like, the way they like it at the secretary of state's office. Whoever signs a petition, make sure they all live in the same county. On, for that page. So you have a Yuba County page, maybe a Sutter County page, a Butte County page, a Nevada County page. Don't mix all the county signatures up. So then they can, they're easy to take the petitions and double check with the signatures on whatever county they're double checking on. So in other words, five, there's five signatures on the small sheets. So everybody would be Nevada County. Or maybe just have two Nevada counties. That's good. Just keep it clean. Keep it straight. Keep the theme going. Keep the county the same. Okay, so since I'm on Elite Universal Security, uh, they support us here to keep us on the air. Thank you very much. 
And uh, and I support them because I think they do a great job. In fact, one of my friends texted me today, said, hey, can you give me the contact for Lee Universal Security? My relative, my nephew might want to get a job with them and they need workers. So there's a lot of action in security right now because uh, not so much here, but in other areas, there's there. The the politicians are are forcing the police to stand down on issues. So it's up to the the uh, homeowners and business owners to defend themselves and to, and some, sometimes that's just packing a weapon. Sometimes that's uh, uh, putting up some extra security around their doors. Sometimes it's hiring a firm to check on the place when they're not there. So people don't try to take run off with stuff. So that happens a lot up where we live up here in Northern California, because we have a lot of farmers and they, there's thousands of acres, um, under cultivation and so there's trucks parked out there tractors parked around uh, fertilizer trailers fuel trailers all kinds of stuff there's pumps with all kinds of copper wiring and i'm telling you it's wild it's a wild wild west up here people stealing stuff they they steal entire trailer loads of um, farm products like almonds and walnuts it's amazing it's like Thousand, tens of $50,000 worth of stuff in a trailer. It's very expensive. So Elite Universal Security will try to take the edge off that in your, if you have a private business or a home or if you have maybe your government and you think, you know, we need some people to check folks coming into our meetings. And uh, they do all. They do the whole thing. Now, if you're not from Yuba Sutter, no big deal. They serve all over Northern California, all the way up into Southern Oregon, and all the way down below Sacramento. So they have armed people, unarmed people, all kinds of people working for them. If you're even a semi-retired, maybe you retired and you want something to do and you just want an easy job, checking people coming into the government center or something. Maybe you're going to work a few hours a day. They got all kinds of opportunities like that. They will train you. And uh, also, uh, some friends of mine were talking about getting weapons and learning how to shoot. A lot of females are wanting to learn how to shoot. And uh, they uh, there's a number of places I, I know that will train you how to do that. And Monty's one of them. They have a, a training school out at their place in Yuba County. And on one day, like on a Saturday, they do the classroom. And then on Sunday, they do the, the range and, and get you cleared to get your permit. Even if you don't want to get a permit, but you just want to, you got yourself a gun and you want to learn, you want to be more comfortable with it. You want to learn how to shoot it better, know how to clean it, handle it, do it safely. That's what, that's what these boys are all up to. So, okay, I'm going to uh, get back into the business here. Now, uh, let's see. Okay. I saw this. So this was, this was a, a comment on Redneck Nation News. Now, you know, we're, we're into some proverbial stuff here. 34 people died this past weekend from COVID gunshot wounds. They are still able to vote by mail. I think that's back in Chicago. Dead or alive, you can vote back there. Uh, okay. So I wanted to talk. Uh, let's see. Oh, by the way, let me just give you a few news items. You know, the New York Police Department, where Governor or Mayor de Blasio basically just told them to stand down. It's going to take millions of dollars out of their budget uh, 
told him basically uh, he basically lets him know he doesn't like him, right? Their retirement filings have surged by 400%. So many people are wanting to retire out of the PD that, that have the years uh, invested in the retirement system. So many have wanted to retire, but the the retirement system won't let them. They, they're limiting uh, the – you have to apply to retire so they can figure up your retirement and check everything over and make sure you're legit, right? So they're 400% increase in applications, and uh, it's a backlog to get them out of there. The quote is, who the hell wants to stay on this job? I totally agree. I totally agree. I'm just talking to a guy who called me this week. He's just a wonderful guy. I've known him for many years, moved up here from Los Angeles to Yuba City, went to work for Yuba City PD. Great guy. Charles Ernst is his name, and he retired recently, and two of his sons now are working for the PD. And I did some critical incident debriefings with Charles early on uh, in his career and uh, after some really gnarly things happened. And... uh, some really bad things happened in the Los Angeles. I can't remember whether it's a sheriff or police officer in Los Angeles, but he saw a lot of bad things happen to his fellow officers because of the stress and pressure of the job. And I got a chance to thank him because he retired. And uh, he's just one of those uh, amazing guys that you just, you just always appreciate when you see him. And I got a chance this week. I was really felt like God had him call me because I got to really spend some time and thank him. But, uh, in detail about what I liked about him and, and what he meant for the city and his deposit in the city from leaving him retiring and leaving two more behind with the same uh, DNA. So uh, so I'll move on here. There's a couple other news. Uh, the, the vandals, the Antifa and the Black Lives Matter vandals are systematically destroying the history of America. Uh, they're even destroying the people that they should agree with. They just want to obliterate it. And the reason is, is communists want to destroy all vestiges of the past. Uh, they want to have a complete disconnect. And communists are not only godless, but they're racist. Marx and Engels were evolutionists, and they believed that there were certain populations that were slower evolved and they always thought those were blacks. Those are some of them. And uh, some other uh, minority peoples. And so they, the plan is revolutionaries always like once they win and defeat the, uh, the status quo, they then eat each other. They destroy each other. And so the vandals have cut down. This is amazing to me the 9-11 memorial flagpole in New York Village. So that flagpole was put up commemorating all those that lost their lives either in the planes or in trying to save people in the Twin Towers. And these guys cut that flagpole down. Now, that that just shows you that this doesn't have any sense to it except just barbarianism. And if those guys came to my block, my goal would be to drop a, a bullet in their head. Uh, 
that's what these people need. The, these people are not going to be reasoned with through history or to say, oh, I don't understand why you wanted to destroy the Abraham Lincoln Monument because he actually freed the slave. They don't care about that. In fact, the Democrats were against Abraham Lincoln, if you ever – you probably got that confused. The D.C. – the Washington, D.C. votes to end police involvement in the public school security. Now, this – I was hoping with, with the – even though – you know, the only reason we think that there's lots of police shootings – is because of the media. But one is, to me, one is too many, right? The interesting thing to me, I've I've worked on uh, high school, or not high school, but on grammar school campuses, very vulnerable. Uh, teachers, mostly ladies, and uh, very young students, very small students. A person could come in there and just do all kinds of crazy stuff even with fences around it. All you need is a, a couple police officers armed, and it would stop that. And I was hoping that people would, in the school systems would come to their senses and provide a level of safety that all parents could be comfortable with and that no criminal would want. Every criminal would know that if he came in there, he was going to get, get killed, right? And so they wouldn't come there. Criminals will tell you in jail, and I spend a lot of my time in jail normally, they will tell you they know where the cars that are unlocked are. They know where the houses that are unlocked are. They know the the windows that are un, unlatched in businesses. Uh, they know people that uh, are going to be easy takes walking down the street and others because of the way they walk and they're not paying attention. So... Certainly, they're going to they're not they're not going to go into an area where they're going to get caught or shot if they can go into an area where they're not. So that's just a simple. So the fact is, uh, eventually, you may not hear anything about this for years that they vote to do this, but eventually, some shooters going to come in there and shoot up forty or fifty kids. Um, Okay, I'm gonna. I'm just looking at this. See whether I want to spend any more time here or not. So uh, let me. I I copied two of these off. The difference between uh, the blue and the red. Blue being Democrat, red being Republican, or conservative. I'm not really thrilled about the Republican Party. I'm conservative. So you have a real choice between Biden or whoever his vice president is, that's who probably who is going to run the country, and Trump. So blue, no guns. Red, pro-guns. Blue, no police. Eliminate military. Red, support police and the military. Three, or third one, blue, abolish U.S. Constitution. Red, stand on our U.S. Constitution. Next, remove, for blue, remove and replace the U.S. flag. Red, never dishonor U.S. flag. For blue, invoke new national anthem. Red, stand for our national anthem. Blue, remove all references to God. Red, always in God we trust. Blue, eliminate all fossil fuels. Red, promote fossil fuels. Blue, abolish private health care. 
Red, keep private health care. Blue, promote abortion of babies. Red, abolish abortion of babies. Blue, sell selling of a, 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 a baby parts and organs. They're promoting that. They're for the selling of baby parts and organs. Blue, Democrats. Red, abolish baby harvesting. Blue, open the U.S. borders. Red, close U.S. borders. In other words, people, as Trump has always said, close the borders and just have a doorway to come through. It's interesting. I just heard the other day where some news person, mainstream media, was again saying that Trump was racist and saying all Mexicans were rapists and criminals, which he never said. I've listened to that clip many times. All he said was that there were criminals coming into the country unvetted. Didn't mean all were. Crazy. Blue wants to abolish ICE. Red, strengthen and enlarge ICE. Blue, abolish the Electoral College. Red, keep the Electoral College. Blue, control all state governments at the federal level. Red, enforce the Tenth Amendment. Finally, the blue people want the Green New Deal, which I don't have time to get into it. I got a great article on how the whole Green movement is a is just a fraud and a fiasco. But I don't have time. I don't think I have time to do it tonight. But Red wants to promote growth and capitalism. You know, in the world, there's there's books written on this, very fascinating books, that the reason that there's been such a huge improvement uh, internationally with the poor, another the poor have been lifted economically, that... Um, the reasons that's happened is is they've deregulated and got corruption out of these countries and let capitalism, let people earn a living. And they are. So I wanted to talk about how the, the news manipulates the numbers. And um, I want to talk about the concept of clemency and pardons. And presidents have always had a chance of they, a pardon means that you just uh, you forgive you just uh, you just erase the crime and let the person go. A pardon. Clemency is you lighten the sentence of the person. So you may let them out. They maybe they did ten years, and you say they've done enough. Right? They did the crime, so they still have the crime on the record. But that's clemency or commutation, and so. There's big old stink. Oh, uh, Roger Stone got pardoned or whatever they did to him, right? Let him off. Michael Flynn got let off. And it's like no other president has ever done this. But I want to read you. I had to look up. Sometimes stuff you get on the Internet, as you know, is faulty. So I had to look up in a variety of ways to get uh, the, the real story here. Now, let me let me just run through this quick because oh, we're about out of time here, but I'll start it. So uh, Obama gr- granted clemency 
to more people than other recent recent presidents. Okay, so Obama. Uh, <clears throat> well, clemency is the total. So you have pardons and commutations, and then they call the whole concept clemency. So in other words, it's either forgiving somebody their crime and erasing it, like a guy's made a change, huge change in his life, and they, they scrubbed his crime. They they uh, can't. I'll have to think of the term. There's another term, but anyway, they get rid of the crime. The other one is they just lessen the charge, right? They think it was an overzealous prosecution and sentencing. Obama did 1,927 of those in his eight years, <clears throat> right? 1,927. George Bush, George W. Bush did 200. Bill Clinton did 459. Uh, the elder Bush, George Bush, 77. Reagan did 406. Carter did 566. These are commutations and pardons. Nixon did 926. Lyndon Johnson, 1187. We'll be right back, and we'll get into the second half of the program. I'll finish up this on commutations and pardons and how the media wants to portray that Trump's just this bad guy when he hasn't even got started doing anything. I can remember when you could start with love. Oh, but ain't that America? You and me, ain't that America? Something to see, baby, ain't that America? Home of the free, yeah. Little pink houses for you and me. Don't just stop. Don't come any closer. I need a six foot perimeter here. How could you be so reckless? I always wear a mask in my car because my grandfather fought in World War II and I'm trying to be just as brave. And now anytime I'm in my car, I also wear a condom because I don't want to get STDs either. And it works on the same medical premise. I think it takes a courageous individual to boldly wear a mask while they're in their car by themselves. It's a pretty rare trait. We're like the Navy SEALs of the roadways. We're pretty elite. That's why you don't see very many of us. But you do see some of us. Wearing my mask while I'm by myself in my car basically says, I might have COVID. And if I do, I don't want to catch it from myself. Because when I'm in my car, I'm within six feet of myself. So technically, I'm breaking social distancing rules, and I don't feel good about that. I got my degree in being under a trance from the State is Deceiving Me University. If there's one thing I love about airplanes, it's breathing the recycled air. And my commitment to wearing my mask in my car gives me the same recycled air purification while I'm in my car. It's innovative and cleansing. It's like we're basically in flying cars now. When people see me drive by in my mask, I know what they're thinking. Thank you for your service to our country. And you know what, people? You're welcome. They're definitely also thinking he's an inspiration 
That's a powerful virtue signal, and he's probably really well-versed on the latest virus knowledge. When I get out of my car, I put on a mask over my mask because I don't want my mask to get infected while it's protecting me. Do I take my mask off at home? <laughs> no, I'm not suicidal. I also walk with crutches just to take weight off my knees to help prevent me from getting a knee injury. I think it actually strengthens my legs. So because of the Roger Stone thing, the whole the whole government is going to collapse, according to the media. But Trump, uh, so he's been in, what, three and a half years, right? So he's he's had about 26. Did you hit me? 26. Obama's over 1,900, right? And and uh, so Trump's almost been in half the time as Obama, and Obama did 1,927 or so. The numbers in the different places you look are a bit different because uh, it depends on when the article was written because thing, the numbers change. They could change every month. So let me just give you some a flavor here. Harry Truman, uh, 2044. F- Franklin Delano Roosevelt during World War II in, in his term from 1933 to 1945, 3,796. Herbert Hoover, 1,198, 1,691 for Calvin Coolidge. Now, how does this happen? Let me give you an idea. Under Obama, he his total clemency was 1,927. He had 36,544 requests. Is that amazing? I don't care whether you like Obama or not. I just think whosoever the president is, somebody had to go through 36,544. By far, by far, no one compares to Obama on people asking him to bail him out. <laughs> they thought that dude was going to bail him out, and he did a lot. He, he, he cut the sentences and let murderers out. He let all kinds of people out, 1927. But he got 36, almost 37,000 requests. George W. Bush got 11,000, about almost 12, uh, no, 11,074 requests. And he did 200. Check that out, right? So I don't know how many Trump has gotten, but he's only got, he hasn't even done 30. And yet the press is just thinking the guy is totally off the hook. Crazy. And just 
disrespecting the judges and disrespecting the prosecuting attorneys. Uh, I don't know. You could, you can, these things are easy to find. You can look up all the presidents. They keep track of all this stuff all the way back. And so I'm the only reason I bring it up. It's just another, sadly, it's another token of fake news. They just make him look like no one's ever done this before. He's a horrible president because he felt like what was done to Flynn and stone was unjust. He didn't say they were perfect people. He just said, I just think it was prosecutorial injustice and aggressive over aggression. And uh, so, okay. Now I want to talk. What's going on here is a propaganda campaign on COVID. And um, there's a misunderstanding because we started out and people were getting sick and they were checking them and they think, oh, we think you've got COVID. And they didn't even have a test for people that didn't show any symptoms. You ever had a TB test? And when it came back, your your arm was a little lathered up. So they said, oh, you have a little reaction. So we need to do a chest X-ray now. So somehow in the past, somewhere in the past, Somebody passed TB to you, but it didn't do anything because you had an immune system that said, ain't going to go there, ain't going to have a TB reaction. And so you have markers in your system that said TB had a fight in your system, but you didn't even succumb to it, and it's just in there. So that doesn't mean you're contagious. It just means it's there, and it's just a sign that they need to double. If you're going to work in the hospital or you're going to work in a jail or you're going to go to a drug rehab, they got to make sure your chest is clear. You don't have any signs of tuberculosis. Doesn't mean you're going to give it to anybody else. You can't unless you're sick with it. So they call that asymptomatic, asymptomatic. That means you got something on board, uh, but it, it you're not sick. And so what they're doing now is they're testing, random testing all these people in the community. So then people say, oh, my God, the numbers are going nuts. Well, if they tested them for gonorrhea, syphilis, chlamydia, all this other stuff, the number was going to go up too. If they went in and tested everybody in the community for HIV, do you think the HIV numbers would go up? They certainly would because some people got HIV and they don't even know it. If they tested you for herpes, you'd probably have herpes. Oh, my God. Oh, everybody. You is the king of the herpes pile. So what? They're going around testing everybody. If the person's not sick, that just means something went into their immune system, tried to jack it up. Their system said, ain't going for it, out of here. And it just so shows that COVID was in town, but it didn't do anything in their body. You got it? So the more they test, all that it, all this is, is is a political thing. It just gets all these kind of numbers. And the politicians say, see, if we hadn't done something... All these people, da, 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 da. That's not true. The fact is, before they got all lathered up, these pe- a lot of people had the sickness, and maybe they had a rough week or a couple of days. They felt fun and funky. They didn't know what it was, came and went, or they didn't even feel anything. It was that slight. So the government is continuing to use these figures. You know, you can do whatever you want with statistics. 
And right now they're just using it to scare the hell out of everybody. Now, I wrote down some statistics myself. And uh, let me see. I think I pulled something up on a website. Can I find it here? Shoot, I must have lost that. I changed something. Anyway, okay. So I looked up this right about now. Of course, every minute that goes by, something changes. Somebody gets born, somebody dies, etc., etc. So nothing, it's just like a snapshot. But recently, the total U.S. deaths from COVID. Now, that includes if you were shot in the head by a hoodlum, but you had COVID in your system, but weren't necessarily sick, they charged that to COVID. If you got raped and you fell and hit your head and died and you had COVID in your system, that's a COVID death. So anybody that died of anything, heart attack, stroke, got hit by a car, and they had COVID in their blood, that's called a COVID death, right? So the COVID deaths are really inflated or jacked up, right? It's called an exaggeration. Exaggeration is a form of lying, and the Bible says don't do that. It's sin. So you're like, oh, my God, 141,000. So what? <laughs> People die every day. You lose sleep over it. Why? You know, it's all this false sympathy. Fake. It's called faux sympathy. Like Dr. Dr. Ratchet. Oh, we're very sorry for the three people that died of COVID. Screw you. You're not sorry. If you were sorry, you'd have done something for the family. Oh, it's easy to just say, oh, well, we're please. We're, our thoughts are with you. What about all the other people that died at the hospital? What about all the drug addicts that overdosed because of your screwy decisions? What about all the people that shot people? What about all the divorces? My friend has a paralegal business. She said divorces are through the roof. Restraining orders are through the roof. All kinds of things are through the roof. People are freaking out with these with all these lockdown orders. You know what is the irony? This is a real irony. Right in the middle of this COVID thing, oh, we're saving the world. No, you're not. You're actually killing more people. You killed 50,000 senior citizens, putting them into rest homes sick with COVID. You, it's like putting them in the incinerators. Why don't you just gas them? Screwball. Idiots. Right in the middle of it. Oh, yeah, we're going to save the world. Oh, yeah, we're, we've got to do this. Did you know that the, the Imperial College idiot said that, that America was going to have 2.2 million deaths? And he was screwing his, you know, he, in social distancing. He was having his some other guy's wife sneak over to his house. He was screwing her. Forget the social distancing. They were mixing it up, and then she'd go back to her husband. Right? He wasn't quarantining himself. He wouldn't do anything. He was violating all the rules that he said everybody else to. So he wasn't too concerned about creating 2.2 million deaths over here in America. Every prediction and everything they suggested has turned out to be completely wrong. When are people going to just like break their nose and fire them and, and say, we're not going to have government run a health crisis anymore? So 
people get sick and die all the time of all kinds of stuff. Okay. So I looked up and in the state of California, I'm just going to give you state of California stuff, give you some perspective. Okay. So from 2014 to 2016, these are averages over those three years. So each of the three years, this is per year average. So California from that, those dates, 2014, 2016, had 39,000, 39 million, excuse me, 59,809 people. And in those three years, per year, California, Californians died at the rate of 254,626 people a year. That's a quarter. It's more than a quarter of a million. Did you lose sleep over it? Did you vomit? Did you get anxiety? Did you have to go down and get some dope from your doctor? No, you didn't because it happened away from you. Or maybe you knew a couple of those people and you went to the funeral, right? But, but you, you're adult and you know that that's a part of life. Okay. So, so what? I, I think I noticed on Facebook that right now in, from the beginning of the year to now, we've had like seven deaths that they've linked to COVID, but the people were like old as Methuselah. You can look that up in the Bible, see how old he was. It's like a little quiz. So in Sutter County, the average number of deaths from 2014, 15, and 16, average number, that's the same number each year, 810 people died. In Yuba, 605 for those three years, each year. Right now, now that's a whole 12 months, right? 605, 810. Right now we have seven COVID deaths. We've been into this seven months now. I want you to think about that. They're shutting down your life. They ruined your schools. They ruined your businesses. A lot of them ruined your marriage. You were you were doing uh, you were clean for months and now you're relapsed because you couldn't go to an AANA meeting. Right. Even though they're running the casinos out there and they're having they're spitting, shucking and jiving and eating food. Right. So let me go on. So that's six hundred and five in Yuba County and eight hundred and ten a year in Sutter County. And we have seven in six months or seven months of COVID this year. How about the flu and pneumonia in a normal year? Okay. In state of California, it's 606,003 people die in the state of California. Average over those three years. That's per year, 6,003 each year. What about Sutter and Yuba? 17 in Sutter, 11 in Yuba, 28 all told. Think about it now. Just a flu pneumonia. Typical combo, 28, 2014, 15, and 16. Did anybody have a sleepover? Supervisors shut down any businesses? They have any special sessions? Did the uh, health officer make all kinds of proclamations, social distancing, masks? So we're at seven right now with COVID, and, and we were 28 back in 2014, 15, and 16. Okay, how about lower respiratory? Because they say COVID, if you get it, it you have a problem breathing, I hear. That's, that's even gnarlier than the flu and pneumonia. 
in California, 13,311 people died average of those years. Each year, that many people. In Yuba County, 51. Sutter County, 50. So that's 101 people died from lower respiratory illnesses in our two counties, and we're, we're, we're pissing our pants over seven people. <clears throat> How about chronic liver disease? 17 in Sutter, 11 in Yuba. Never, I've never heard a, a county health officer make a big deal about this since Dr. Cassidy used to talk about these issues. Never heard any of them worried about chronic liver disease, lower respiratory, uh, flu and pneumonia. They just like, oh, yeah, you can get a flu shot. Come on and get a flu shot. How about accidents? All kinds of accidents, right? Not just car accidents, just accidents. People throw, fall off a cliff. They, they fall over and cut, their, cut themselves on the lawnmower and bleed to death. You know, just stuff happens, right? A car falls on somebody. They're working on it. 34 in Sutter County, 38.7 in Yuba County. That's like 72 people, just accidents, just like life happens, right? Auto deaths, 15 Sutter, 10 Yuba, 25 together, right? Life happens, right? Did you all get worked up about it when the, you didn't know the person? Okay, here's one, a good one. And I, I'm just challenging this Sutter County Board of Supervisors, Yuba County Board of Supervisors to go and to go through the autopsies for the first seven months of this year when you had this lockdown and this whole COVID thing scared the hell out of people. And I want you to go look at all the suicides because in a normal year, average for 2014, 15, 16, we had 19 in Sutter and 13 in, in Yuba. That's 32 in the two counties in those years. Now that, now that's, you know, here's the odd thing to me. This is so interesting. Right in the middle of all this COVID thing and causing people to kill each other, kill themselves, overdose, beat each other up, sue, sue each other for divorce, all this collateral damage we're doing, and, and to what? Did we save what I'm reading from doctors is that every one, nearly every one of those people that died in that hospital, they're 80, they're 90, they're 105, whatever they are, they would have died anyway, regardless of COVID. You think the government will be honest about that? You think this doctor over here will be honest about that? Hell no. Are you kidding me? These people are lying. They... Uh, Fauci changes his story. Every time I see the dude, he's changing his story. Masks aren't any good. They're symbolic. No, now they're good. Now they aren't. Now they aren't. Now they aren't. Then he wears one. Now he doesn't. Suicide. 32 people. I bet suicides are up. The sheriff thinks they're up. Yuba County Sheriff thinks they're up. How about homicides? We had, an, we had basically 10 in the total in the two counties, 4.3 and 5.3 in the two counties. Let me see what we else we got here. Oh, let's see. Drug-induced deaths. That would be called an overdose. So 2014, 15, 16, 
We had 10 in Sutter County, 12.3 in Yuba. Now, it seems to me, if you look at these figures, they're consistently higher. Let's just say, let's just give the benefit of the doubt to Dr. Ratchet. We have seven deaths now. Maybe let's let's pray for seven more deaths, right? Because you know that the government just they're begging, they're they're begging for every COVID statistic they can to justify shutting down and ruining the lives of millions of people. We're talking about trillions of dollars of assets that were destroyed. Herds of of animals killed. Crops turned under because there was no way to get them to market. Just everything shut down. Nobody had any money. Nothing was going on. 22 overdose deaths in those average in those years. I, I don't ever remember that besides Dr. Cassidy, I don't remember a health officer being concerned about that or doing one damn thing for it. Except blow hot air. Get on a little YouTube. Chat, 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 chat. How about AIDS? Why don't you work on trying to get this homosexuals dudes to wear a condom or people in general, if they're going to have sex with multiple partners, pretty gnarly out there. This HIV is nothing to fuss with. I've been trying to tell them in jail that all the time. I said, man, that little moment of pleasure liable to kill you, dude. 77.7 average in Sutter County, 50 in Yuba County, 2014, 15, 16. That's 128 people. That's a lot of people screwed up, man. That's some serious virus. There, that's a virus, right? HIV, V for virus. And there ain't no vaccine, Bill Gates. We're going to come back. I'm going to talk about a couple of guys that are helping me here. And then I'm going to talk about chlamydia gonorrhea. Come on, baby. You want to see some trouble? You think the health department ever talks about this? Talks about people behaving themselves, quit screwing the neighbor, right? Quit passing stuff around. I don't talk about it. We wonder what they do with their lives. We don't even know what they do for a job. All this health department stuff. You know, it's kind of like the energy department. The energy department of the United States of America, you'd think they'd produce some energy. They don't do anything but suck money out of this economy. They don't do, they, they actually stand in the way of producing en- energy. So we talk about the health department, how healthy, if we got a screwed up community, maybe it's the health department's fault. Just a thought. We'll be right back. fighting for us to have the right to our opinion, not the right to vote for whoever the white liberals said black people are supposed to vote for. You get what I'm saying? And then James Corden went in and said, well, this president, you're Christian, and this president, I don't see anything Christian about him. I said, okay, so last year y'all tried to tell me who I'm supposed to vote for because I'm black. Now this year, 
white liberals trying to tell me who I'm supposed to vote for because I'm Christian. That would be like, I live in Calabasas, so everyone in my car has got to be a convertible, huh? It's just all based on y'all vision of what I'm supposed to do. We are in a country where we're allowed to like whatever we like. Seven years in, six years in to the Obama administration, when I was sitting at the, at the Met Balls, when I was sitting in front of white people and they thought, I, I wouldn't thought you were like Trump because of the racism. So you mean to tell me I make every decision based off my color. The most racist thing a person could tell me is that I'm supposed to choose something based on my race. On a lot of stuff, we're going to have to agree to disagree because we, but, I think we're going to walk out the door mm-hmm. with the, the mm-hmm. same way that we walked in. You know what I'm saying? But like that's what I've been saying. Let's agree to disagree. Yeah, and I'm people. fine with that. I'm here to celebrate <laughs> you. God is showing that you can have your own thoughts, bro. I've been canceled before there was cancel culture. Who told you that my career would be over? The same people that are telling you that you can't have a right to say who you will vote for, those people will be soon to take Jesus out the school. Wake up, wake up, Mr. West, wake up, culture. Wake up, everybody think they so woke, but they following the rules of what woke's supposed to be. I have turned my back on the idea of victimization mentality. We brainwashed out here, bro. Come on, man. This is a free man talking. I recently discovered something startling about myself. It turns out that I'm a racist, sexist, misogynist. This came as quite a shock to me. How did this happen? As a person of color, a single woman with a graduate degree who grew up poor in a home without a father... I had a clear political path to follow, and I followed it. I voted for Barack Obama, twice. After all, we share the same skin color. His father was from Africa, mine was too. What other reasons did I need? I was inspired to see a black man rise to the highest office in the land. I believed his ascent would herald a new beginning, a new era of racial healing and harmony. We would finally have that frank discussion about race that everyone always talks about. I was also inspired by his wife. I was thrilled to see such a strong, opinionated black woman take the national stage. But then something happened. Actually, several somethings. I realized there was a big contradiction in my own life. I considered myself a free thinker, but I was thinking exactly what I was supposed to. I decided to start asking questions. I belonged to several campus feminist groups. I was even teaching feminism to inner city girls. Part of that teaching involved making the case for abortion. These girls needed to know that they had the right to make decisions about their own bodies. Surely, I thought, that's empowerment. But one day I asked myself, isn't it men who benefit most from consequence-free sex? Doesn't that give them even more power over women? And of course... Abortion certainly doesn't empower the woman it prevents from ever being born. When I began to ask my other feminist friends how they reconcile these issues, they just got angry. I was called anti-woman, even by progressive men. But I'm not anti-woman, I thought. I am a woman. I just don't want to be a weak one. I want to be strong, like Michelle. At about the same time, while I was a student at the University of Texas at Dallas, the UT Austin Department of African Diaspora Studies released a statement in which they said, and I quote, 
African-Americans are disproportionately affected by the saturation of our society by firearms. We demand that firearms be banned in all spaces occupied by Black people on our campus. Wait a second, I thought, why would you want to ban firearms only in Black areas? Doesn't that mean that you either think Black people are more dangerous than other people or less worthy of protection? These questions did not endear me to my progressive friends. I was called a race traitor, even by white people. But I'm not anti-Black. I am Black. I just want to be safe, like Barack. I realized I didn't have a good answer. I only had more questions. Like, why were Blacks doing so poorly in cities that had been run by Democrats for decades? Was it racism and sexism that was holding people back? Or was it something else? The more questions I asked, the less popular I became. But here's the funny thing. I started to feel better about myself. I decided that the very definition of empowerment required me to take responsibility for my own life. I wasn't going to be anyone's victim, which meant I had to protect myself. So I bought a gun. I started to advocate for gun rights. That cost me more friends. I joined the pro-life movement and walked in the March for Life. More friends, gone. Then I crossed the line. I voted Republican, the party that views me as an empowered individual, able to shape my own destiny, not as a member of a victim group. And that's how I became a racist, sexist, misogynist. I'm Antonia Okafor for Prager University. All right, I wanted to um, I wanted to talk about Dave Greenitz. I was talking about him earlier today on the phone with somebody because he was telling me that he's really busy. I was taking all the credit for it, but he thought he deserved some. And uh, he was telling me that he's still taking on clients, new clients, but he tells them it's going to be this date before I can get to your project. And if you're willing to wait, I'm willing to wait myself. So people are having to be patient if they want him. Now, why would you wait for somebody like that? If you're really, once you, you know, once you decide you're going to remodel the kitchen or bath or something, you're pretty anxious to get it done, right? Like, let's get it on. Like, oh, well, we need that now. We, we've waited for 35 years, but now we want it tomorrow. Why would you wait? Well, you might want to wait because you want somebody that is the best, right? You want, maybe you saw some of his work or you saw it on online and you think, oh, I want ours to look like that. I don't want trouble, right? I want, I want them in and out, efficient. I don't want to live with sheetrock dust the rest of my life and have dreams about sheetrock dust and dirt. Greenitz Construction is going to do it right for you, and they've been doing it right for 40 years. They don't need no contractor's license to protect you. They they just do a good job. So you can reach them off their 
uh, sites, their website and their Facebook site. Websites, greenitzconstruction.com, greenitz, E-T-Z. Greenitzconstruction.com, all one word, or Dave Greenitz Construction, face, that's his Facebook name. And uh, you can see before and after work, and they even show some of the layouts, which you might get some ideas for your bathroom or kitchen, where they've uh, opened up the area, pushed out a wall, or changed just changed things around, made it more efficient. But it's amazing, the, the new colors, the new tiles, the new lighting, the new windows. It's, it's certainly amazing. It uh, changes everything in a house. So if you want, uh, you can give them a shout-out off their social uh, media sites, or you can just dial them up old school, 530-682-9602. 682-9602, and you probably are going to get the big kahuna himself because he answers his own phone. He doesn't have a bunch of people be- between him and you. So if you ever have a question when you're on the job, you think, oh, I want to talk to Dave about this. He's really easy to get a hold of. As opposed to after they sign the contract, you never can find the dude that signed it. That isn't, that isn't the same here. So Dave Granitz is the guy's name, and he will do you a right job. The other people uh, is a plumbing doctor, Ted Holmes. And uh, you know what's happening when you've got plumbing problems. Nobody's happy when there's plumbing problems, particularly when they happen when life's really busy. You've got extra people stick, sticking around. People are coming over for dinner. you got you got a big group coming. Crazy. 530-671-9111. 530-671-9111. All right. So uh, I was talking about, you know, that during this COVID thing, we had these people come to town. There's a little group trying to get some momentum to do syringe giveaways, not exchanges, giveaways. And uh, the the concept, uh, the the umbrella concept that syringe giveaways come under is harm reduction. You might have heard of harm reduction. So under that also comes methadone and suboxone. And one of these days, I've been threatening to have Dr. Cassidy come on here, and he wants to. We just I just can't get my ducks in a row. And we'll be talking about all these things because he's he's been working in the business for th- over three decades. And so uh, so right in the middle of this COVID thing, when medical science should be in the business of harm reduction, like I had uh, St. Helena, the knee operation people over there, the knee center at St. Helena Adventist Hospital, they they helped me with harm reduction. My knee wasn't working any, anymore, and I kept pulling to the right as I walked down the street. So they put a new knee in, and they reduced the harm. I feel it's like a brand new knee, like better than from the factory. That's called harm reduction, right? So when you shut down the economy and people kill themselves or kill each other or beat each other up or torment each other so bad that they don't want to be together anymore or they relapse and go back to heroin or cocaine or meth, they because they can't go to their programs anymore. Isn't it amazing? Just amazing to me. Judges and district attorneys and counselors will say, you've got to attend three meetings a week if you want to stay out of jail. Well, you would think that if you have to do that, 
that that those meetings are pretty important to go to and that a judge of all people wouldn't send you to something that's oh, it's no big deal. He misses a couple. No big deal. Usually you have to get signatures at those meetings to show your probation officer to prove that you did due diligence. Why? Because they don't want you to violate your probation and go back to jail or prison. Pretty serious stuff. But why would they have you just jump through hoops if they didn't do any good? No, they think they do good. They think those programs are helpful, that they help people stay sober. So I had a gal. This is just typical. I have a gal call me. She, I knew her from Yuba County Jail. She's a heroin addict. She finally, uh, she's sharp. She's had great jobs, but then she gets strung out on opiates or heroin. She went to a rehab. And uh, she graduated, and the day after she graduated, she was a care- caregiver for her father, elderly father. So the day after she graduated, her dad died. And so her comment to me today is, when she called me, or yesterday maybe it was, Lou, I'm looking for so-and-so, who is a pen pal that, that uh, during the time she was at a rehab, and she said, I really need to get plugged into the recovery community. What's that mean? That means going to meetings, AANA, Celebrate Recovery, Life Recovery. Those meetings are very important. Now, when you've been an addict, going through something like losing a loved one is stressful, period. So if you had a tendency to drink, smoke weed, drop pills, shoot stuff, it's like a time when you're tempted. I've I've heard addicts say it over and over again. I was doing great, and then when my dad died or my kid died or my husband died, I really wanted to use, right? So she says to me, I'm trying to go to a program. And I said, I don't even know whether they're open yet, dude. They shut these programs down. Harm reduction. Harm reduction. Harm reduction. You close the community down and people kill themselves? Give them an overdose shot. You're happy about that? I thought you were into harm reduction. Where the hell is harm reduction? Where the hell is harm reduction? I thought we were talking about harm reduction. We send people that are, you think you have COVID, go home and stay in your room? No medication? They won't even let them come in the clinic. They send them home. When you get bad enough, go to the hospital. Are you kidding me? I thought we were about harm reduction. I thought we were about empathy, compassion. What happened to compassion? What happened to empathy? I don't like this Nazi telling me to stay in or wear a mask. That's not compassion. That's not, where's the compassion? Where's the empathy? Telling kids they can't go to school and they have to stay inside all the time. When I, when I see a health officer carrying out those That person should be shot. When a health officer, a health officer, let me just say, you know what the dynamic word in that phrase is? Health. Healing. H-E-A-L-T-H. Heal. What is healing about all this nonsense we've been going through with COVID? What's healing about it? You know what's happened? People have shot each other. People have beat each other up over masks. People are pissed off at each other. We got people stopping people in grocery stores, lecturing them about what they have on. If you're into harm reduction, she signed, Nurse Ratchet 
signed a document saying she was in favor of harm reduction. In what part of her life is she in favor of harm reduction? In what part? I don't see any harm reduction going on around here. I think we're jacking up the harm. We're, we're trying to get people so screwed up that they'll just take anything. They'll just turn over their whole lives to the government to tell them what to do. Oh, you don't want kids to go to school anymore? Well, can you give us, can you just look at something online? Oh, oh, you, we, we can't go to a, we could, we can't go to a AANA, but we could go to a, we can go buy a, a liquor and alcohol. Is that all right with probation now? I could go buy alcohol since I can't go over to the AANA. So how about this harm reduction? We had in chlamydia in California, average per year, 187 new cases or cases of chlamydia, 187,602. Sutter County, 300. I want you to think of your friends. How many friends you got? We had 327 cases. Sutter County, 257, Yuba County. Chlamydia. The nurses tell me, the Yuba County health nurses tell me that you can get cancer from any of these diseases will weaken your immune system because it's an inflammation in your system in the genital area and different parts of the body where it opened yourself up to get cancer. Harm reduction, baby, baby, harm reduction, gonorrhea, 17,290 people in California, average those three years, 42 in Sutter, 36. So how are we doing on that COVID thing? Somebody has a sniffles, got a fever, got a cough. We can't even give them any hydroxychloroquine, no Z-Packs. Can't kick them down some zinc, high doses of vitamin C. I'm not a doctor. I'm just listening to some doctors say this. I got doctors in Texas saying that they've had up to 100 patients with COVID and they cured it all out of the doctor's office. They actually cure stuff and cure people in Texas. Interesting. So gonorrhea, 17,290, 42, Sutter County, 36, Yuba. That's just females. Did I forget to tell you that? I think I did. Males, 31,000 gonorrhea in California. 34 in Sutter, 33 in Yuba. So between females and males... 78 and 67. So you got a, we got 150 people, 160 people there. Dr. Ratchet, what, what about harm reduction for them? You getting some condoms out over those people, getting some antibiotics on board there, doing some tracing on those folks. Are you, why don't you leave the tracing to us? We don't need to trace the common cold. We need to track down the syphilis, the HIV, the gonorrhea. Why don't you go do your job for a change? How about TB? Tuberculosis. That's kind of dangerous. That sound dangerous to you? People die of it. We darn near have as much tuberculosis per year as we have COVID right now. If, if the COVID number doesn't change on deaths, twenty one hundred and eight people. TB didn't say they died. 
just said they had it. And in both counties, we had a th- three people. Think about that, folks. How much harm we got? COVID's nothing to this community. COVID is a nothing burger. A nothing burger. And every day, my friend Mark Boomgarden does a service to the community, posts all these statistics. All the the new tests. People think, oh, Tennessee's sick. Not necessarily. They're just tests showing you had it in your system. Like if I had a TB test and I had a little welt on my arm, they said, oh, we need to do a chest x-ray. Okay, well, you're good, you're good. Just You probably came, came into some contact with somebody with TB. You know, God gave you, if you don't believe in God, it's okay. I'm just going to say it this way because that's the way it is. God gave you an immune system that, that uh, uh, scientists, medical people have figured out that you could go look into that immune system now and you can see what kind of battles were waged and what kind of areas and what kind of ailments were whooped in there. That does not mean a bad thing. That's the way our immune system is. What they're trying to do is weaken your immune system. You're susceptible to everything. People that are stupid that wear masks and cut down their oxygen and cut down the intake of germs, which your immune system needs to feed on. It's just like, you know, it's interesting to me. The body is just a miracle. It's just a darn miracle. And people say, oh, my God, bacteria. I got to wash my hands 150 times a day. I'm going to wash the sink. I'm going to wash all the countertops. I'm going to. Did you know that the nastiest place in in your uh, the most bacteria riddled spot in your house is your kitchen sponge. <laughs> I said, screw the sponge. My systems, I got a good back. I, I said, I clean stuff up, but I'm not, I'm not going to be neurotic about it. I'm not going to be worried about it. My immune system, that's what I'm concerned about. I'm going to keep my system tuned up. That's what's going to, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not going to hedge on hugging somebody. I've hugged all kinds of, I worked in jail, 400 people in there. They commented, Lou, you always are willing to hug us or shake our hand or whatever. I said, absolutely, you're a human being. I I am not going to act like they got leprosy. I don't think God wants us to not love people, touch people, hug people, kiss people, get up close to people, show them that we appreciate them. And be all paranoid like Dr. Ratchet wants to do. Uh, you don't love people if you don't want to, like, hide from them. Oh, screw that. That's the most crazy thing I ever heard. That's nuts. These people are nuts, people. They're Nazis. They're communists. I Hey, listen, she came from a communist country, but she didn't leave communism there. She brought it with her. She needs to get the communism out of her life. She removed the country, but not the DNA of communism. I work in these countries. I know what it's like over there. And some of you youngsters, you're going to go for it, and I think you're going to get a chance to experience it. But I ain't going to be here, and as long as I'm here, I'm going to make it hard on you. I'm going to make it hard to bring bring it, that communism stuff, including the health officer telling me where I got to sit, how I got to stand, if I got to wear a mask, where I can go in and eat. 
And what what is an essential business? What's a favorite business? What isn't? You're you're way out of your league, girl. You're you're playing way out of your league, and you're completely. You need to mind your own business, girl. Mind your own business, right? And people, the 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 lab has not been become the society, because you're not going to be tracking me, tracing me anywhere, and putting anything in my body. And I've talked to law enforcement dudes that said, he said, I will empty all my weapons. You come and fuss with my people. Trying to take them out of the house and you're going to vaccinate them. And if you don't do this, we're going to take that person out. And we're going to do this. We're going to take your kids from you. you. You may succeed on some stuff, but some people are going to get hurt on this deal. I'm just telling you that it ain't going to work like you think it's going to work. You think, oh, everybody's just going to do it because they need to earn a living and, you know, they need to pay their rent. And, the, you know, there's some people that don't fit right with. And they're, and you're, they're not going to need to pay their rent because they're going to be gone. You send some people in the county truck over here, it ain't going to go so good. It's just not going to go good. And you are out of your business. You need to go back and take care of, Drug addicts, overdoses, people you killed. Ratchet, you killed people. Your order, you think, oh, well, it's not my order. I just did what Newsom said. That's not what you were hired to do by Yuba Sutter counties, unless the supervisors told you that, and then they're in trouble. If you're just saying you're a, a robot or a little hooker for Gavin Newsom, that's your bad. But what are you doing about syphilis, gonorrhea, all this other stuff, HIV? right? Overdoses. And you shut down AANA meetings. You're going to prove to me that the harm was worse of, of the, the concern of getting a cold than overdosing on heroin. Girl, I don't know. I don't know. Did you actually make it through full? Did the, did the Soros fellowship get you all the way through or did you skip some classes? I I don't know what's going on. I got one more segment, and then we're going to call it a night. Uh, okay, let me take a break here. Jimmy is roaming around the White House tonight trying to find a meatloaf to warm himself up on. I don't think the card has eaten meatloaf. <laughs> Who the hell are they? They're only from Georgia. <laughs> oh, let me tell you something. I am so sick of Washington and all its works and all them politicians down there and them congressmen and the congressmen. I'll bet you won't find none of them congressmen turning down their electric blankets tonight. Because if they did, their secretaries would get up and go home. <laughs> oh, readers, the Democrats is doing a whole the Democrats. And you put them in there. <laughs> That's the face you had on you when you come back in the polls. Well, the Democrats' way of running this country is to go tell us all how we ought to make sacrifices. God, they're great on that stuff. But they're all going to have us over the hill to the poorhouse. We ain't going to be able to drive over there because we ain't got no gas, so we're going to have to walk it. Oh, 
The Reader's Digest says walking is very good for you. <laughs> oh, ain't that lovely? The Reader's Digest can always put a little joy into poverty. <laughs> Listen, my whole painting. My whole point is this whole thing with the energy and everything. This is all a conspiracy. You know, you know that is a conspiracy there. Listen, for years, all our lives, they've been telling us to go out and buy stuff that use energy. You know, all the electrical stuff. They got electric toasters, electric ovens, electric stove, electric stereo, electric TV, electric race, electric hair blower, electric knives, electric every damn thing. Not to mention the cars. And now, after all the big corporations there make the billions and billions of dollars worth of profits, signals, wham, they're changed. And after telling us for years that we can't live without this junk, now they tell us that we gotta live without it. The country is going straight into the dumper. <laughs> hey, folks, me and the men and women of the Clay County Sheriff's Office which just want to weigh in on what we're seeing going on played out across the media or mainstream media in this country. Look, folks, don't fall victim to subjecting yourselves to this, this conversation that uh, law enforcement is bad, that law enforcement is the enemy of the citizens that we're sworn to protect and serve. We swore an oath. And in that oath, we swore to support, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States and the government and that were duly qualified under the state's constitution to hold office. That is for me as a sheriff, and for these men and women as deputy sheriffs, and we end that with, so help me God. But God is absent from the media's message or Black Lives Matter or any other uh, group out there that's, that's making themselves a spectacle, disrupting what we know to be our quality of life in this country. In Clay County, we have a great quality of life. We have a great relationship with our community. But across this country, not so much. I just wanted to take a stand with these men and with these women who feel the same way that I do. Lawlessness, that's unacceptable in this country. Lawlessness, that's unacceptable in Clay County. And if you threaten to come to Clay County and think that for one second that we'll bend our backs for you, you're sadly mistaken. I know what happens when lawlessness prevails. And in this day and time, God is raising up men and women, just like the folks you see standing behind me, who will have strong backbones and will stand in the gap between lawlessness and the good citizenry that we're sworn to protect and serve. So you can threat all you want. You can say, hey, let's go to Clay County or let's go to some other peaceful county where their problems don't exist or not so much like across this country, where relationships are great and not strained and where the people support their sheriff and support the men and women who wear the uniform. And you'll have something waiting on you that you don't want. Yes, we'll protect your constitutional rights as long as you remain under the umbrella of peaceful protest or peaceful march. But the second that you step out from up under the protection of the constitution, we'll be waiting on you. And we'll give you everything you want. All the publicity, all the pain, all the glamor and glory, for all that five minutes will give you. Is it a threat? Absolutely not. But somebody has to step up in front of the camera and say, enough is enough. Tearing up Clay County, that's not gonna be acceptable. And if we can't handle you, you know what I'll do? I'll exercise the power and authority as a sheriff 
and I'll make special deputies of every lawful gun owner in this county. And I'll deputize them for this one purpose, to stand in the gap between lawlessness and civility. That's what we're sworn to do, and that's what we're gonna do. You've been warned. All right, so along the lines of harm reduction, here's an article, May 21. California doctors say they've seen more deaths from suicide than coronavirus since the lockdowns. Did you catch that? Some of you don't ever think of suicide because in the paper they don't publish the cause of death on a suicide unless they thought it was a homicide. And then they changed that after they said, oh, oh, somebody shot him. And then they have to correct it in the paper because because the ruling changed. But if they know somebody ended their own life out of deference to the family, courtesy to the family and friends, they don't mention about suicide. The reason is it's there's a stigma to suicide from the Middle Ages when people felt that was a crime against themselves, like I murdered myself. And the church at that time, the state church, uh, used to consider that a terrible thing. It wouldn't allow them to be buried in the normal congregational graveyard. There was all kind of a stigma to it. So, so suicide is a fairly common uh, practice, more common than the average. I just say more common than the average person thinks. But since it's not publicized, it's it's in state statistics and in county statistics, and that's why I quoted you some there. But this article's interest says doctors in Northern California say they have seen more deaths from suicide than they've seen from the coronavirus during the pandemic. The numbers are unprecedented, according to Dr. Michael Bois Blank of John Muir Medical Center in Walnut Creek, California. That's right up in our neck of the woods, folks. He told this to ABC 7 News. He said uh, he was talking about the increase of deaths by suicide, adding that he's seen a year's worth of suicides in the last four weeks alone. Now, listen, people, what you're not seeing is a year's worth of flu deaths in the last four weeks alone. You're, the one thing unique, in fact, one of the firefighters from Yuba City that I've known since he was a young boy, he said, looking at Mark Boomgarden's statistics, who used to be the fire chief, he said, looks to me that the death rate of those that incur COVID is beneath 1%, which is true. What this doctor's saying in Walnut Creek is that in four weeks, they've had a year's worth of suicides. Now, listen, people, you remember now? I want you to remember this term. 
We're into harm reduction in our society. Harm reduction. That's why we're sending 50,000 of our senior citizens, our grandmothers, our great-grandmothers, our grandfathers, our uncles, dads. We're sending them to their death. Why don't we just take them out back and shoot them like a cow? Why don't we gas them, Cuomo and Newsom? Basically, they all died in the Democrat-run states. The doctor said he believes it's time for California officials to end the stay-at-home order and let people back out into their communities. Why would he say that? Because that's normal. You don't lock people up in their houses, people. You know one of the things that civil liberty-type lawyers say about they don't like about jail? It's bad for people's mental health. I've spent the last six years in jail, a lot of my time working in jail. I totally agree with that. Do people deserve to go to jail? Yep. But it's hard. It makes a screwball out of you sometimes. And people end their lives in jail as well. They, there's attempts every once in a while because people just say, I can't do this. I cannot do this. I cannot be locked up in a cage like an animal. And you lock up people in homes like that and tell them if they go outside, COVID's going to land on their hair and get in their nose. They don't know. You're scaring the hell out of them. You achieved it. God bless you. Congratulations, Dr. Ratchet. You knocked it totally out of the universe. You just scared the hell out of people, threatened people, told people, oh, they, oh, you're not doing good enough. I'm giving you an F. I'm giving you a damn D. You need to, like, crank it up a notch out there. You're, you know, somebody died. It's your fault. Somebody got sick. It's your fault. Your grandma gets sick because you didn't wear a mask. You know, it's interesting to me. My point to people that wear a mask is that dude's working so well and you're secure. Why are you worrying about me? Why are you, like, on me? If it isn't like do as I do, doesn't matter whether it works or not. Just like when I was at the gym, I said, Lou, it has nothing to do with the health, dude. If you don't wear it, they're going to come in here and shut us all down. We'll lose our jobs. Isn't that how it is with government? Extortion. Pressure. Leverage. Threats. It's kind of like when you get in trouble. It's like what uh, uh, District Attorney Curry did with Randy Mitchell over at the Uppercuts. He told some top people in the county, he says, hey, if he don't, he doesn't follow the rules, we'll just cut his power and water. Okay, well, there you are. Cut off your food. We'll cut off your power. We'll cut off your water. Doesn't matter whether you're raising kids. Doesn't matter whether they won't have enough money. I'm the district attorney. You know what's the interesting thing? All the people are talking big. All confident, cocky. Oh, yeah, we got this. We're doing this. We're doing that. We're doing this. Oh, you can do it. You can do it out there. Sacrifice. You know, it's going to be another three weeks, four weeks, five weeks. Every one of those people making 100, 150, 175,000, 200,000. I won't even mention his name, but he's a guy I've known for years. He doesn't know what he's talking about sometimes. You know, it's one of the bad things about Facebook. You shoot your mouth out there. It goes all over the universe. You see a big old funky stupid. It's like farting. You think you're alone and you just fart and somebody's standing right behind you. So he says, there for every business that's shut down, 
They should shut down one county office. Well, first of all, thank God there isn't a county office for every business. And the second thing is no county offices have lost a nickel. They all getting paid. And yeah, they've been shut down working from home. I talked to my friend who works for the state. He's a tip volunteer. And I said, hey, you're here early tonight. What's up? You're all dressed casually. He said, oh, Lou, we're all working from home. And he kind of laughed like, how hard do you work from home? That's so hard. Nobody, none of the government, none of the politicians have lost a nickel. You think they've they've been kicking in some money? Helping out Sopatai, helping out Steelhouse Coffee, helping out these businesses downtown? You think, hey, they're making 150? They said, oh, I don't need it. I'm going to give you 50,000, dude. None of them. You know what they do? They give you our money. They say, we're going to give you some of the taxpayers' money. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep my money. You know these people? So generous, they can't give any of their own money. They're making big money. They're not even hardly working. They're staying home. Stay home, they say. We're going to get COVID. We can't open the door. COVID is going to come through the front door, infect everybody. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This guy says, Casey Hansen, trauma center nurse at John Muir Medical Center in Walnut Creek for more than 30 years. Listen, people, when you talk to people like this, they're a way higher level than Dr. Ratchet. 30-year nurse at trauma nurse Muir Medical Center says she's worried not only about the increased suicide attempts, but also about the hospital's ability to save as many patients as usual. Why would that be? Because they're all focused on, oh, my God, if we can say that it's a COVID, we'll get $29,000. It's like hitting the jackpot out out at uh, the casino. If we could just, is it sure? Oh, he, he sprained his he sprained his wrist. Let's check him for COVID. Oh, thank God he's got COVID. We get we're going to get 15,000, 20,000. We should have like a you remember when Kmart would have the light go on? Maybe we should do that to have lights go on and bells. Hey, we got a blue light special. What I've seen recently, said Casey Hansen, I've never seen before. I've never seen so much intentional injury. Intentional injury. Lee Dundas, who is a human rights attorney and works with human trafficking, says that that the CIA uses social distancing to torture prisoners. Isn't that interesting? That it actually manipulates and tortures and tweaks their minds. People get fed up and said, I don't want to do this anymore, and they end their life. I see it in jail. A couple of guys I've gone into jail after guys have hung themselves from the plumbing pipes that run through the rafters. They just couldn't take it anymore. So I just can't take it anymore in here. Thankfully, those two survived. They did the guys did CPR on them, but intentional injury. She said, I've never in 30 years. I have never. Well, let's see what happened in the last 30 years. Oh, Dr. Ratchet came to town and didn't give a crap about Yuba Sutter's desires and took advantage of all the supervisors just saying, 
That's what we got out of the supervisor. Well, I, well, we just did what. Well, we acted on behalf of the knowledge that we had. Well, let's see. You did, would you get a second opinion if you had terminal cancer? Well, yes, I would. Well, oh yeah, but you wouldn't get a second opinion if you're going to shut down twenty thousand business or two thousand businesses in Sutter County. Not worth your business. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Your business didn't shut down. Yours is an essential business. I, I see, I see, I see. I got it. But well, we just can't do anything because the governor, he's just such a big, bad, honorary guy. He'd love to, like, not give us any money and, like, take away our potatoes and gravy. They said down there at John Muir Hospital, suicide has been an increasingly significant problem across the country as the coronavirus outbreak caused stay-at-home orders that led to unemployment and stress. Did, did Dr. Ratchet have any stress? Did the supervisors have any stress? Did any one of the government employees have any stress? Their money just kept coming in. By late March, more people had died in just one Tennessee county from suicide than it died in the entire state directly from the virus. Well, shazam, shazam, but we're all counting them virus numbers. Yeah, we did. We don't care about suicide. A study published in early May suggested that the coronavirus could lead to at least 75,000 deaths directly brought on by anxiety from the virus, job losses, and addiction to alcohol and drugs. I thought the people in the medical profession were smarter than this. What happened to, what happened to supervisors? Bob Bendorf said that Dr. Ratchet was such a wonderful doctor and was just so sharp. She goes on and does her little media things. You are not doing good. Damn you. You got an F. You got a D. Stay in the house. You don't love your family. You're, conf- you're infecting them. Quit going to be with people. You're, everybody gets this from social gatherings. I thought, yeah, they get pregnant from social gatherings because they go out and screwing back. What's wrong with that? They get all kinds of things. They drink too much at social gatherings. That's life, Dr. Ratchet. That's life. We want life. We want the risks that go with it. Get pregnant. Oh, bummer. She's pregnant. Get pregnant. Get a sexually transmitted disease. Get too drunk. Get too high. We would rather have the freedom to do that than you controlling our every move and shocking us when you don't like it. Shock, shock, shock. Bad boy. Let me just read that to you one more time. A study published in early May suggested that the coronavirus could lead to at least 75,000 deaths. Now, we've only got 140-some thousand deaths now from the virus. And nobody's really treating it till it's just kicking your butt. And you then they put you on a ventilator, which Judy Mikovits says kills people. 75,000 deaths directly brought on by anxiety from the virus, job losses, and addiction to alcohol and drugs. Another study, study conducted by Just Facts around the same time computed a broad array of scientific data showing that stress is one of the deadliest health hazards in the world. 
and estimated that the coronavirus lockdown will destroy seven times as many years of human life than strict lockdowns can save. So the point I'm getting at is if you wouldn't have done a darn thing but just help doctors with the silver bullet to drop Corona in its tracks and let people run around, not wear masks, and quit shutting down businesses and trying to convince people that going into a small business is somehow more deadly than going into people that show in their butt crack halfway down and, and are not clean at Walmart. Hello? We're not stupid out here. I know we're not, we don't have the education of some of you supervisors and doctors, but we're, we're not really stupid. In fact, if you all drop dead, we'd probably do okay. Maybe not as good. I've used doctors amazingly in fixing my joints, but I think I can keep the general body going pretty good. Earlier this week, this was written in late May, 600 doctors signed their names on a letter to President Trump referring to the continued lockdowns as a mass casualty incident. Now, you didn't even hear about this on news, did you? Did you think the supervisors read this article? If I said that the lockdowns and stay-at-home orders were mass casualty incident. they say, oh, that Lou Benninger, he's just telling more lies. He's just exaggerating. I'm just reading you what's here. 600 doctors, supervisors. There ain't no doctors on the supervisors. 600 doctors signed their names on a letter to President Trump referring to the continued lockdown as a mass casualty incident and urged him to do what he can to ensure it comes to an end. And now we have these things where everybody in the county has got to wear a mask. And they're damned. You look right. I have the boxes. We got thousands of those N95 masks at Glad Tidings. It says right on the box. It doesn't work with the crap for flu. And viruses and, and that kind of stuff. And wearing those darn cloths around your face, that's just, that's just ultimately, people have lost their ever-loving mind. But you know what we, what, you know what this shows? How does a Dr. Lou get away with what she just did, Dr. Ratchet? The supervisors don't even know what their job is in this community. Supervised don't even know that they're supposed to be managing that doctor. She's their employee. She's not the state health director's employee. She's not Governor Newsom's employee. She's employed and should reflect the wishes of Yuba Sutter counties, not Sacramento County or Los Angeles or San Francisco County. When read the book of Proverbs. <coughs> It talks a lot about leadership and the way it's going here. The people suffer when there's poor leadership. It's just the way it is. People grind their teeth. People freak out. It's just a bad deal. We don't have good leadership in our county. We don't have good leadership at the county administrators. They just turned it over to blue. And these doctors are saying it's a mass. You created a mass casualty incident. People are 
killing themselves. Oh, well, we're worried about COVID. Who cares about COVID when somebody does the work for you? There isn't any, I don't think there's any medicine right now we have that will resurrect anybody from the dead after they shoot themselves with the 38 in the temple. It'd be great if we actually decided to treat the COVID patients instead of getting get so screwed up you can get the 29,000 out of the hospital. Why don't we treat them in just our common medical offices and cure them right there? There's guys all over the countries that are on YouTube saying how they're doing it, and they're thought, what's the big deal? How come they're hiding this? You get it? How come they're hiding this? Well, all right, we're done for today. And uh, so we'll see you maybe next week, God willing. And uh, the government allows us because now we're communist. All right. Catch you later. We're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight. We would especially like to welcome all the representatives of Illinois' law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope you all enjoy the show. And remember, people, that no matter who you are and what you do to live, thrive, and survive, there's still some things that make us all the same. You, me, them. Sugar to 